You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health. Me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, for this week's episode, let me ask you this question. What if being lucky was a skill you could master? Can you create smart luck and even make accidents more meaningful? Wouldn't this be something you'd try to develop to enrich your life? Well, my guest, Christian Bush, who teaches global economy at NYU and the London School of Economics, has written a book called The Serendipity Mindset, The Art and Science of Creating Good Luck. And it's here to explain to us how to develop luck as a skill. Christian, welcome to Real Health. Thanks so much for having me, Carl. So listen, um, first of all, let's start, let's get straight into it. Explain to me what serendipity is. What is it and what do people need to know about? Yeah, absolutely. It's really about this kind of smart luck. You know, this thing where essentially, you know, when 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 you think about this situation in the coffee shop, you know, when, when coffee shops were still open, I'm here in New York where, you know, um, not all of them are open now, but, um, you know, and if you have erratic hand movements like I do, you, you spill coffee all the time. And so essentially picture that situation where you're you're spilling this coffee on this person next to you and you sense there might be some kind of connection there like you know oh this person's cute and 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 you know you sense that from from how they look at you that okay there might be something there um but now you, you have two options right option number one is you're just saying oh my god i'm so sorry here's a napkin and, and you leave it at this and then you walk outside and you're like ah oh, if i would have talked with this person maybe Maybe something could have happened. Versus, you know, um, the the other thing is is you directly, you know, you have a conversation. You say, hey, look, this like send the cleaning bill here if you want. Um, this is my number, whatever it is, and and you act on it, right? And so, what I've been fascinating about serendipity is really this idea of that it's so much about seeing something in the unexpected. The same when you run into a potential co-founder at a conference, right? It's not only about running into them and and unexpectedly touching on some kind of topic or something. It's really about connecting the dots. It's about doing something with it and relating it to something in our life. And so, um, serendipity is is really all about this kind of seeing something the unexpected and, and doing something with it which is very different from this kind of blind luck right of just like inheriting something or um, being born into a good family or something and that's really something I mean um, the, the reason I got into this was that um, in my kind of life as community builder entrepreneur and later as researcher the most joyful purpose-driven successful people around me they had something in common they intuitively cultivated serendipity they people would just say oh they're a bit luckier than others and so I got really fascinated about what is it about this what is the pattern behind this so basically it's seizing the moment if a moment uh, appears so in that coffee shop setting bumping into somebody meeting someone randomly it's it's seizing that opportunity and exploring where that opportunity could lead Absolutely. And also then a lot of times even seeding it, right? So it's, it's one thing to to make the best out of a moment. And the other thing, um, you know, once we talk about some of the practices, you know, just kind of giving a, like a small example to, to drive that point home in terms of how we can also create the unexpected, right? In terms of the positively unexpected. So for example, um, there's a wonderful entrepreneur in, in London, Oli Barrett. And what he does is, if you would ask him this kind of dreaded question, what do you do, you know, uh, in real life or on a Zoom call or wherever it is, he would say, well, I'm in education, but I recently started reading into the philosophy of science. But what I'm really excited about is playing the piano. What he's doing here is he's giving you three hooks where you could be like, oh my God, such a coincidence. I just started hosting piano sessions. Let's do something together, whatever it is. And so it's really about also seeding these dots so that others can connect them for us. You mentioned someone there who you know you've interviewed and you've you've been you've been looking at what they do. Tell us about some of the other people that you met and interviewed over the course of the book. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the book was such a beautiful excuse um, and also the kind of previous research to to meet people from all walks of life. So it's really from the kind of restaurant owner in London to the CEO of MasterCard to like the entrepreneur in like the Cape Flats in Cape Town um, to like the, the the business person in China. So so really kind of um, a, a kind of very eclectic mix of people across all social strata and, and all uh, different areas. But they all kind of somehow, you know, the stories were very different. But in a way, the underlying patterns of how they go about their lives are very similar in terms of, you know, the way how they look at the world, um, the way of how they reframe situations to exactly your point earlier, how they look at the situation and they don't see it as like, oh my God, the world is going down if X, Y, Z happens, but they see some kind of meaning in something, meaning in crisis, meaning in other situations. And so one thing though that I found fascinating is how all of them, almost all of them are also practical philosophers. So they ask why all the time. They, they, they constantly try to question assumptions and, and say, if you tell me something, right, about a problem or so, they don't take it for granted. They're like, okay, but why is this the case? What is behind this? And by doing this, we're opening up this space of saying, oh, wow, we can really understand what's behind it and, and, and go deeper into that. And so I feel like there's so much around this kind of in, like intense curiosity that they have about what's really going on in the world. What are the motivations of people? What's, what's happening? And by doing this, they also develop this kind of energy, right, that attracts other people to them and, and that, wants, that makes people want to help them. So is it fair to say that optimism is one of the traits that you would have kind of come across from just from listening to you there, but as opposed to being pessimistic, they're very much optimistic about chances, about the things that they can create in tough times, especially over the course of the last seven months with COVID-19, there's been phenomenal times and there are optimists and pessimists. So being an optimist and seeing you know, a glass half full as opposed to half empty is certainly part of the serendipity component. So it's interesting. So I, uh like you know there's there's in my mind there's like 20 different ways of how i'd love to answer this but i'll pick two um, the, the one way is um that um the, the kind of pragmatic one which is there's a lot of experiments where people kind of um, identify people who are um who, who who think they are lucky versus people who think they are not lucky right so 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 there's one experiment for example a very simple one where they picked one person who self-identifies as very lucky so someone who says good things always happen to me um you know usually things turn out well and then this person who considers themselves to be unlucky so all oh, bad things always happen to me i always have accidents that kind of thing and you know we all know these kind of people right like both kinds of people and so the the lucky person essentially what they're saying is okay let's give both people the same kind of setup the same situation let's you know let them walk down the street go into a coffee shop sit down order a coffee wait until we have the interview that's it now, what they don't tell them is that there's hidden cameras across the street. There's a five pound note in front of the coffee shop. And then inside the coffee shop, there's only this one chair where there's this super successful businessman kind of next to it. And now the lucky person, you know, walks down the street, sees the five pound note, picks it up, goes inside the shop, orders the coffee, sits next to the businessman, has a wonderful conversation. They exchange business cards. We don't know if an opportunity comes out of it, but it wouldn't be unexpected, right? The, 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 the unlucky person walks down the street steps over the five pound note, goes inside the shop, orders the coffee, sits next to the businessman, the, the other person's left, um, and, you know, ignores the businessman, that's it. Now, at the end of the day, they ask both, like, how was your day? And so the lucky person says, well, it was 
amazing. I made new friends. I found money in the street. And we don't know if an opportunity came out of it, but might well be, right? Now, the unlucky person just says, well, nothing really happened. And, you know, I see that a lot in kind of my work as well with like very different types of people that you can put people into exactly the same situation. And those people who are slightly more optimistic because they see something in a moment, they make more out of it. Even like in super resources constrained environments. So, you know, there's an organization in South Africa, for example, um, Reconstructed Living Labs. They go into a context and they say, okay, there's nothing here but you know what if there's an old garage that's a potential training center if there's a former drug addict that's a potential teacher and once you approach the world from this you go away from kind of this idea of resource constraints and i like my life setup is bad to hey there's we can see something in every situation and the second trend was really around this philosophical note which is you know being german i have this very deep philosophical side which is really about um, victor frankl so i had i had covid in march like a, a severe kind of you know i had problem breathing and all these different types of things and you know it, it led me back to my favorite book which i have next to my bedside table like instead of the bible or something i have victor frankl and and and, 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 you know, I, I reread it and it has this beautiful thing around finding meaning in every kind of situation. And, you know, and, and, and I found that fascinating again in this kind of moment of crisis and moment of like, oh, my God, like this feels really bad to feel suffocated and, and so on. But in a way, again, it, it kind of gave me this idea of like death being greatest, life's greatest motivator in terms of, hey, wow, OK, life might have might have as well have been over. Um, so I felt this kind of increased motivation again of, of doing something about it. And so I feel like I, I highly recommend this book, um, Man's Search for Meaning of, of Victor Frankl, because it's, it's really this idea of it's, it's, it's a practical optimism of saying, of course, life is a lot of times really bad and like there's really bad situations. But once we try to find meaning, even in that moment of what it can do to us and to others, then actually um, life becomes much more meaningful and, and, and we, can, we can carry on. And so I feel like philosophically, that's, that's been a great anchor in that respect. So being pessimistic is potentially one barrier to being more serendipitous. What other barriers are there? Yeah, I mean, tons and tons. Um, but the, the ones that I'd probably focus on is one is around um, this idea of uh, essentially underestimating the unexpected, right? That we, we we think we can plan life out. Like we, our education system was set up in a way that, you know, we learn that that, that, that we can plan a career and we pl can plan this and we can plan this, but that's not how life happens, right? Like we, we can map it out in some way, but then we unexpectedly run into someone we fall in love and change our life and move to another city. Or we unexpectedly run into someone at a conference who offers us a job and we didn't even know that this would be a direction we could go into. The point here is that if we have this notion that we can plan everything out, we limit ourselves because we assume that we know exactly, we have it all figured out, and we don't see these things like the five-pound note on the floor. We don't see these things like the successful businessman because we think we know everything and we, we have it figured out in some way or the other. Um, and, and so um, there, there's all these fascinating experiments around how once we open ourselves up to the unexpected, um, we actually see it more um, and, and can do more with it. Another one is also, and something that you know, emotionally, I've, I've been, you know, kind of um, myself trying to overcome is um, I grew up in a society in Germany, which is extremely rule oriented. And, you know, everything that isn't according to plan makes us anxious, right? Because we're like, no, this wasn't planned. Like, <laughs> this is not, this is not good. And so essentially, um, 
I think I've, I've also gotten into this kind of habit of um, then once it happens um, and there is a new opportunity that you can see, a lot of times you don't necessarily grasp it because you might not feel ready for it or you might not feel safe um, enough or you might not trust yourself enough. And so really overcoming this kind of imposter syndrome or this kind of this inner notion of, oh, no, 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 I was supposed to live this life or I was supposed to be this. Um, and and, and, and I, I don't necessarily trust myself to, um, to, to be this person now or something like this because in my mind it was different and so really kind of overcoming these emotional barriers like imposter syndrome and other things um, are, are, are super important um, and then definitely the self-centering bit around you know when we're sitting in a meeting or something and we might have a serendipitous idea or something and we're like oh no but like maybe it doesn't fit at this point and then you know and then after the meeting we're like ah Ah, I should have said that. And so it's kind of really um, um, these kind of things that hold us back. And, and I think it's, you know, the, the one thing that's helped me there really is to think about what is it that I really regret um, when I look back, because I'm not a person who regrets a lot, but the things I do regret is the things that I haven't done usually. It's the Mark Twain idea of like the things I haven't done in the sense of the things I haven't mentioned in the meeting or the things I haven't mentioned when I had the chance to mention them. And so I think it's really kind of with that mindset, then the self-censoring becomes less because you're like, you know what, even if it sounds a bit crazy and some people think it was weird, at least you put it out there, it was authentic and truthful. And that's how life might be at this point. You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. So one of the words you mentioned there, I suppose you hit on hit the nail on the head. It's about being authentic. It's about being truthful and maybe not being afraid to be who you actually are and to voice that opinion and, and voice that concern or voice that idea. So it's facing your fears. It's having some confidence and, and just be your authentic self. Yeah. And, and it's something, you know, I mean, I've seen that with myself and the people I've been working with and our research that it's hard, right? It's hard to to think about, especially when you're more outward focused in terms of building like uh, something or you have to portray some kind of leadership or so in a way like people look at you and, and they think you have figured it out, right? And then you have to somehow say, but, but people... I don't have it all figured out. And, you know, I mean, we're all just winging it, right, in the end of the day. And and that's so one of the things that I'm most fascinated about with this whole work and, and, and that the kind of content is a lot about is really to say if we are collectively more truthful about how life happens, which is that we cannot have it all figured out and that's okay, then, then we can all be a little bit more vulnerable, not in the sense of like oversharing and like doing a whole TED Talk around it and whatever it is, but really more in the sense of like, hey, look, like there is a certain compass, there is a certain sense of direction or a certain North Star we might have, but then like we have to be okay with that it's not a bad thing if something unexpected happens. It's not, it's not an imperfection in the sense of that we weren't good enough. Quite the opposite. It's great because we're seeing once we have to reverse course. And being honest, like this is something, so we did a, a huge kind of study with um, 31 leading CEOs, like who, who are kind of like, you know, on this top of, of the, 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 the HBR like CEO list. And like one of the things that turns out with them is essentially most of them like are really good at like, like, like projecting some kind of like um, bigger, purpose or idea which people believe in but they are also saying hey look i need everyone else here to help me figure out how we get there because i don't have all this information and life is happening and and and, and we all have to do this collectively and actually being slightly vulnerable that way but people still feeling there's a sense of orientation that builds the buy-in with people and i feel that's the same i see that a lot at the moment with parents for example right that like if you're a parent and you have a kid and you you pretend that you have figured it all out they sense it they know that you haven't right because if you're saying hey look 
as a family, this is what we want to do through the next year. Um, and I need you to chip in. I need the teen teenager to be part of like doing the dishes in that way at the moment, because this is just what's needed or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But like this idea that like we can build real deep connection with people in families and communities and companies. Once we're open to saying, yes, I am happy to help guide us. But at the same time, you have to be part of this journey because I haven't figured it all out. And I think that kind of in a way is a beautiful like like excuse at the moment to build deeper meaningful relationships with everyone around us okay so it's about very much looking for help when required being honest with the help that you need yes yes yeah and that's exactly i mean Carl, that's i feel like this is one of the biggest um so so hubert jolie who 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 used to be the chairman of, of best buy he said it beautifully he was like one of the biggest problems in the world is that people don't ask for help when they need it because in a way what it does is it makes everyone defensive right because we're kind of like oh my god look like i can't show that this and this and then you have all these leadership failures we see at the moment right because people they don't ask for help then they mess things up and then they don't know how to correct it and then they have to hide it and so it's kind of this whole thing of like if we if we bring people on the journey with us and ask for help early on that actually then um is is something that 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 really um um kind of helps helps bring people together and is it a key thing to to have to be successful or can you be successful without it it's interesting because um you know it it probably really depends on the context right i can imagine that if you have this kind of 30 year old or i don't know like like decade old like irish company that is patriarchal patriarchal as a non-native speaker i feel i have all these wonderful words that i try to use but i'm I'm not sure they make sense but but this one so like you have this company that has always been run by this very strong person being at being at the kind of father mother type person and and they they've been running it and and they've been running it based on a certain reputation and based on a certain idea of how things work same in a family right it's hard to just kind of change that right if, if you've portrayed this but you know one of the things i've realized is with people very close to me like people i look up to um, um especially in the family context is that i think the last generation before me um grew up with this idea of like especially as a man you're not supposed to show weakness you're supposed to kind of raise your family and you're supposed to build the house and you're supposed to do this and this and this and this and 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 the more kind of like i feel those family members face death like in terms of for example heart attack or something else the more i can build a deeper connection with them saying hey look like why don't we talk about the things you're really scared of like you're scared talking about your emotions and that's fine because this is not the way you grew up but you know what once we talk about it we can really help each other out here and we can really build something together and and i've seen that in so many other contexts once we have the first people who might have been seen as these kind of extremely strong masculine people both male and female um then essentially once they allow a little bit of this um it allows others it gives them the permission to also do that and i feel we all have it in us and um without wanting to go too much into kind of energy questions but you know i've I've always been fascinated by this question of male and female energy and how as boys in a way we were educated out of our feminine energy in terms of asking for help on those kind of things because we we need to be masculine and vice versa a lot of times as as kind of like um um when you're when you're when you're a girl you you kind of like have certain attributes that are put on you um where, where then you kind of like you know go either or but 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 in a way you're forced into extremes and so it's kind of something where i feel that is a huge responsibility for all of us to also allow people to embrace their whole selves rather than kind of you know going into one extreme or the other okay so i suppose just in chatting to you so far the, the key thing about being luckier is is very much it's a skill it's a tool set it's about seeing the world a certain way seeing opportunities present themselves in random situations and, 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 you know, expanding on them. It's, it's, it's a way of viewing the world almost. 
should this be something that's taught in schools, uh, in colleges, uh, to students and, and, and in, in, you know, across the board, if primary and secondary and third level, in terms of these are skills that you can use to increase your chances of being luckier and creating those opportunities that you've always wanted? Absolutely. I mean, this one of the major impetus with this work is really to say, you know, I was I was someone I had to repeat it in high school and I was thrown out of high school. Like I had, I had, cha- I had to change high schools. And, you know, I, I've always been kind of someone who wanted to do something and I've had a lot of energy, but in a way that the system didn't help me channel that energy. And I feel a lot of that was because there were these rigid ideas of this is what life is about. This is the black, this is the white, this is how things work. And then everything else, like, you know, whatever. Versus like, I feel nowadays in a context where there's such a fast changing world, so much uncertainty, nobody has figured it all out. We need to get people into the mindset that we cannot plan it all out, but that's fine as long as we can build a muscle for the unexpected, a muscle for that kind of smart luck. And so I'm 100% convinced, like all the things we just talked about, right? If we get people, if we give them the opportunity to both kind of learn how to become their authentic self and to, to be okay with that, because it helps them then to get a sense of direction. It helps them connect the dots to what they really care about but then also like give them practical toolkits right to say hey these are ways of how you can um, structure your conversations so that you really get inspired versus that kind of like it just feels like an autopilot or hey here's a way of how you can like think about how um you know you 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 build relationships with people around you um versus just thinking about particular kind of boxes that, that we put people in and so i i hundred percent um you know this is one of the key dreams that i have for the next years is really to kind of put into like high school universities and others like really kind of these like serendipity mindset like training programs to really say hey look at the end of the day like this kind of mindset you need in order to 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 turn that kind of anxiety that comes from fast changingness and uncertainness into something that actually you see the unexpected as an ally and you say wow like this is something that doesn't have to be against me it's actually something even if it feels bad in the moment if i take the long view it might actually turn out pretty well and i think Carl, this is one of the key things that that came out of a lot of the research but also my own life and the people i work with that in the moment bad situations like now or um like in my case, it was like things like car accidents or other things, they feel really bad. But unless they kill us or unless they kind of do really, really kind of um, things that can't be changed, a lot of times actually it's also an amazing opportunity to, in a way, think about how how we want to live life, think about how we want to create ourselves in this world and in relation to others and so on. And so I feel when we take the long view, a lot of times crises is actually the point where we can bring out who we really are. And, and you know, in terms of leadership, I find that fascinating because at the moment, you know, people will still remember in 10 years what leaders did now because they will ask, what did you do during COVID? Did you just put people on the street or did you actually do do something meaningful. And so I feel these kind of moments bring out the best and the worst in people. And if we can prepare people for that, I feel there's there's a lot in that. And a final question. I'm sure every single one of our listeners who are listening and watching the show want to know how they can have more luck in their life. And they'll, they'll have gained a huge amount over the course of the last 20 minutes or so. Any last minute tips and pointers for people? I feel the, 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 the one that probably brings a lot of it together is to to start a serendipity journal and to just kind of, in a way, have a couple of key guiding questions. So for example, it could be something like, um, you know, um, how do I look at three conversations today as a meaningful opportunity to create serendipity by asking questions differently? So not asking just like, 
like how was your day but maybe asking something like what's on your mind at the moment what are you interested in at the moment just something that gives people an opportunity to really share what they're interested in or excited about at the moment really thinking about like you know that question what is it that i can do today three or four things that will help me use every conversation for that um, but also then maybe thinking about things like oh like what were the things over the last weeks that were unexpected and how did i react to it and how would i react differently now that i that i saw this and 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 how could i in a way almost like either create some of this or, or do that differently um, in, in, in the time to come. And, and most importantly, one of the things I found super um, useful in that kind of journal to write down also is like, who, who do I feel I, I, I would like to be like in terms of like, wh what do I want to connect dots to? So if I go out tomorrow and I take another street, right? I, I think changing up routines is always a nice thing, right? But if let's say you change up the street, you go into a new coffee shop or something like, Yeah, like, so great. So what do I ask the barista? Do I have a meaningful question for them? Or do I have something? So can I build into my routine something that changes it up a little bit just to also introduce that joy of like the unexpectedness that comes from these kind of conversation and the connection that comes from it. And so I think everything that we can do to think through some of these things um, can, can probably really help us to then see every moment as an opportunity to create serendipity. Okay, fantastic. And if people want to follow you and find out more about you, obviously the book is out soon. Remind us again the title of the book. That's the serendipity mindset. And the homepage is www.theserendipitymindset.com. And I'm Chris Serendip on Twitter. Christian Bush, thank you so much for joining us all the way from New York today. Much appreciated. We really hope uh, the book sells well. No doubt it will. And we wish you the very best of luck with it. Folks, I really hope you enjoyed today's interview. Who wouldn't want more luck in their lives? Some really simple tips in terms of how to view life, how to make the most of opportunities from today's interview. As ever, you know where we are, we're at Carl Henry PT on Twitter and on Instagram, realhealth.independent.ie. This is the second in many international expert interviews we're going to be bringing over the course of the next couple of months. We're delighted to bring some of these international experts to you and ask all the questions that you want to ask. Have a wonderful week, have a lucky week, and we'll see you soon. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.